0: Well, once again, central bankers have been out trying to push the message that they're not going to be cutting rates very quickly, but the bond market isn't really listening too much, or it's not moving very much anyway. And the equity markets in the US are still rising, despite the rate story, despite the global uncertainty and despite more concerns about regional banks. We'll look at more reasons why central banks are concerned and why they think the equilibrium rate, the point at which they're not tightening or easing, is probably higher than it was before the pandemic. We'll look at why. It's Thursday, the 8th of February, 2024. It It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar hasn't moved much today. In fact, 0.1% down right now. The Aussie dollar also marginally down below 65.2 US cents. The pound is up 0.2%. The euro is up, but a little less than that. So no big moves anywhere. Although we did see a half percent fall in the Swiss franc. And equities today up in the United States, down in Europe. So 0.4% higher for the Dow at close. 1% for the NASDAQ, 0.8% for the S&P, hitting new highs uh, compared to a 0.3% fall for the Euro Stocks 50 and a 0.7% fall in the FTSE 100 and the DAX. Even Boeing managed to climb 1.6% a day, whereas Airbus in Europe is down 0.7%. And one of those makes sure that it bolts up the doors properly, uh, but that's not reflected in the share price, even though the Emirates head has said Boeing is in the last chance saloon certainly not reflected in the share price today and the csi 300 yesterday it was up one percent but it's got a long way to climb back of course but at least it's heading in the right direction now at long last and small moves in bond yields 10-year is up one basis point up two basis points for german bunds four for 10-year gilts in the uk aussie 10-year yields yesterday were down four basis points to 4.08 percent, up to 4.15 percent this morning on futures and oil is higher 1.1 For WTI, 1% for Brent, Brent over 79 a barrel, all that happening despite. A sharp rise in inventories in the US last week, reported overnight. So Tapa Strickland is with me today from NAB in Sydney. Uh, the S&P didn't want to hit 5,000 today, did it? It got very close to it, though, over 4,995. Even though we've got all this geopolitical uncertainty, we've got the delays in rate cuts, which people are starting to accept now. We've uh, got to worry about regional banks still going on. And you'd assume also some concern about whether stocks generally are overpriced, particularly uh, tech stocks, whether they're overvalued. But the share market rises anyway. Good morning, Phil. Yes,
1: uh, another good night for equity markets and I think really driven by the earnings season that we have seen so far. And order to make a fort, I think it was up 4.7% after beating Wall Street's fourth quarter estimates and issuing higher than expected guidance. So uh, the earnings profile of these companies that are reporting uh, on, on the net uh, are bidding expectations. That's really driving the rally in US equities. Uh, but it was kind of almost a session of two halves here. So there was some jitters around regional banks again, um, although those jitters did fade uh, as, the, as equity trading continued throughout the day. At one point, New York Community Bank was down 14%, um, but it paired that to be just down 1%. Uh, now and it seemed like at least the executive chairman has given a bit of confidence uh, to investors. There, he did give a uh, conference call uh, and saying that the company is doing what it's necessary to build capital, including selling assets such as loans. And he mentioned uh, that they're looking to finance a large portfolio of residential mortgages um, there. So uh, it, it does suggest that uh, the bank management there are very active there, and it suggests at least that um, regulators are paying quite a close a- attention there. So. Hence the pairing of the share price decline there. But I guess the, the uncertainty there, and this is, I think, the key reason why, while there has been a lot of hawkish Fed speak, markets are still pricing in a fairly hefty uh, rate cut profile, is that uh, there is still a lot of uncertainty around the regional banks and the commercial real estate sector a, a, as well. And uh, there's still a lot of uncertainty exactly who holds those loans. After all, that Japanese bank uh, last week. Um, so... In that context, when you look at Fed funds pricing, uh, March is still a 25% chance of a cut uh, and there's about 122 basis points worth of cuts priced in for 2024. That's pretty much where we were yesterday. It
0: seems optimistic, doesn't it? Because, you know, the more we hear from Fed speakers, uh, and Kashkari was the, the latest one echoing the line that the labour market is the concern, if it stays too tight, uh, then they've got a problem and they're not in any rush to do anything. Yes, and...
1: Uh, Cascar, I also mentioned uh, a few other key snippets there. So he gave his estimate of how much the Fed uh, needs to cut rates by in 2024, and he said uh, two to three times. So I think that that's interesting relative to that market pricing of 122 basis points. Uh, That's quite a ways away. And really, there has been a coordinated effort by most Fed speakers to pair back or push back against market pricing for cuts uh, or the degree of cuts in 2024. Uh, And then the second he said is if the labor market remains strong, it will give the central bank the flexibility to move slowly. So um, forever along the labor market, and we've got a very strong payrolls report obviously last last Friday, that does suggest the Fed will move um, less aggressively than what the market is pricing in here. And then the third bit, and we've been talking about the possibility of neutral rates having risen in the US, and I said there's compelling arguments to suggest uh, we could be in a higher a longer environment going forward. Um, He didn't really give any notion of exactly how high he thought the neutral rate had gone, but in the latest FOMC dot plot in December, there has been a widening out in the dispersion of where um, the Fed officials see that longer run dot there. Uh, So that is uh, an interesting point of view and could see um so we will start to ask more questions around
0: exactly where that neutral rate is as well. Well I think we're hearing that from other central banks as well, aren't we? So Isabel Schnabel was talking in the F T. Just we'll talk about that in a second. But before that, so just on US bonds, forty two billion dollars worth of ten year notes auctioned off by the by the Treasury, I think this is the largest amount I ever by 1 billion. Uh, the high yield was 4.093%. So, I mean, this doesn't influence the the, the the path of yields, even though we get so much in the way of new issuance. Or does it? Or doesn't it matter? I mean, there's always going to be an appetite. I think there's an increasing percentage of the, these sales that came from overseas as well. People are always going to want US bonds, aren't they? Well,
1: at the moment, it does seem that way. And um, it's just um, they were awarded at 4.093, as you mentioned, and the when issued yield was about 4.105%. So a relatively strong 10-year bond auction, dispelling some of those fears about the size of US issuance at the moment. So it seems like there is plenty of invest appetite. I think in the in the longer term, it's really what, what will drive yields is about the fundamentals of the US U.S. economy. Uh, and so when, mm. so when you look at that, um, you've got uh, inflation coming down, um, In that kind of environment, I think there is a lot of demand for, for duration.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so Isabel Schnabel from the ECB giving an interview for the FT. Uh, she's worried about prices in the services sector, but also doing the same thing. You know, saying the same the same message that we were getting from Kashkari uh, that maybe you know we're not going to go back to to rates that we were at before. That's for sure. Uh, you know, and maybe the the new rate is somewhat higher. Uh, yes, and
1: Schnabel uh, and similar to Chair Powell um, mentioned that a lot of the progress on getting inflation back to target has been in the traded goods side. uh, And indeed, there's widespread goods deflation going on. But the services side of inflation remains relatively sticky. And that's what central bankers are relatively worried about. And she noted in the latest PMI surveys, um, they have seen signs of a turnaround. The city economic surprise indexes have turned positive for the Eurozone in Many months, and so that's leading her to believe that they're actually past the peak of policy transmission. So there's actually less impact from how restrictive monetary policy is. And I think that's actually quite interesting because the, the argument about cutting rates uh, in a resilient economy is all about the real rate rising. But you're starting to get a few policymakers arguing that actually there's now less impact from the restrictive policy stance, so um, just a bit of a flip on that kind of argument. Um, the other interesting aspect of it was in terms of R star, as you mentioned, and she's of the view that um, uh, there is a push higher in terms of uh, nominal R star globally, and giving those kind of four reasons that uh, people have widely cited, such as that investment response to, to climate change, the rise in government debt and uh, the aging of society leading to people withdrawing their labor from the labor market and as well as that probably needing to draw down on their savings. And then the final one is the pace of globalisation is changing. I think it's going to be quite important in the context of the US elections towards the end of this year, uh, especially just given how uh, um, former President Trump is a front-runner for the Republican nomination, assuming he can run for
0: president. <laughs> assuming, yeah, exactly. We'll see how that goes. Look, uh, talking about people withdrawing their labour from the, the labour market, uh, what about New Zealand then? We got their employment numbers yesterday. The unemployment rate rose from 3.9% to 4%. It was actually expected to kick up to four percent two percent. Uh but actually the we, we saw fall in the participation rate. So obviously that doesn't help, does it? If there's less people uh looking for jobs, that means uh, that you know the rest can ask for a bit more. So that's a bit of a concern. And labor costs, the growth rate, well it didn't fall as much as expected. It went from four point one percent down to three point nine percent year on year. I mean it peaked at four and a half percent in the March quarter, it is taking a long time to come down, isn't it? Yes,
1: and I think this just argues how resilient labour markets have been and there is a lot of unmet labour demands still out there and you can clearly see that in job vacancies both in New Zealand, uh, in Australia, and the US there. So in that context, that higher for longer view for central banks until they're more comfortable uh, about inflation being on a more firmer downward trajectory, I think I think is equally valid
0: yeah. as well. So the CSI 300, by the way, doing very well yesterday, uh, even though I'm not aware of anything too solid coming from Chinese authorities to buoy it, except for they, they have plans to ramp up their already pretty massive EV industry. Uh, of course they've got the problem that they might be curtailed by import bans and tariffs for the EU and in, at the US but I've been looking at electric cars lately a lot of them coming from China. Like the Volvo XC40, really nice car made in China. So uh, you know and you can see a big opportunity for China in all of this so long as they can get them into the countries they want to and they don't get hit with hefty tariffs.
1: Yes it does seem like the stimulus that the Chinese authorities have chosen to undertake over the past year is very t- targeted towards those kind of new industries those green industries and the The electric car industry is definitely one of those industries out there. And that's been puzzling market analysts uh, who have been taking the kind of framework of the post-financial crisis and of the 2015-2016 slowdown as a template for how Chinese government officials would stimulate their economy. But I guess over the past few days, there are signs that Chinese policymakers are becoming more worried about the pace of activity. And um, President Xi was obviously being briefed about What was going on in the equity market, and uh, that the notion that he was being briefed about that um, did has anticipated that further policy action will come uh, from Chinese policymakers here. But uh, we'll just have to see exactly uh, those kind of actions. Um, It's just worth noting that uh, also today we get the CPI and PPI data for China. And um, obviously, still expected to be in deflation. But the really interesting thing about that, especially for the traded goods side, and we've been mentioning the traded goods side as one of the main reasons for why there has that been that global disinflation impulse. Uh, When you actually look at the price of consumer exports out of China, uh, they're actually running at minus 7.9% year on year. Um, so that is adding to a lot of that global disinflationary impulse for the traded good good side. Um, so I think that's just an in- interesting aspect. Of course, that can only last for so long, and then you're left with, well, what's going on the
0: services side of, of your economy? And that's what's worrying policymakers at the moment. Yeah, it's uh, how much is China influencing it. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, uh, German industrial production, very quickly, we should mention that as well, uh, fallen again in December. It's been falling for a while now. Uh,
1: Yes, and you'd have to say the German economy remains very, very weak. And uh, against what um, Schnabel said uh, overnight about – being worried about the services side of inflation, uh, European policymakers really have to be worried about what's going on the activity side as, as well. Yeah.
0: Also, US uh, initial jobless claims coming out tonight. And look, it is a night. i have already talked about central bankers. It's a night for them, isn't it? We've got the Fed's Thomas Barkin. Uh, we've got uh, Swati Dinger and uh, Catherine Mann from the Bank of England. We've got uh, Frank Elderson and Philip Lane from the ECB. They're all coming out tonight. Is it a new moon or something?
1: It could be everyone wanting to give their two cents on, on where policy should be.
0: <laughs> Diplomatically said. Alright. Good story, Tapas. Catch you soon. Cheers. Thanks, Phil. And that's it. That's the morning call for this Thursday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.